0: British violinist Chloe Hanslip is with us. She's just 24 years old, but uh, some critics are calling her the most exciting young violinist that England has ever produced, and she's here to perform with our own Sarasota Orchestra this weekend. And we're excited to have her in the Sarasota studio. Chloe, welcome!
1: Thank you to Sarasota.
0: Have you been here before?
1: I haven't. No, I'm very excited to be here. It's it's wonderful, and and yeah, I'm just very very happy to be here.
0: Well, we're happy to have you, and you've come at the most wonderful time of the year when we have Chamber of Commerce weather. And of course, we've got many wonderful snowbirds and Sarasota residents waiting Mm -hmm. to hear from you. My understanding is that you began playing the violin since you were two, which is when you were two, which is always (laughs) mind-boggling to me. And, And this is really the first chance that I've had to talk with someone who started that early. How did that all begin for you at, at such a young age? Are you, are you from a musical family?
1: Um, I am from a musical family, um, although only I'm the only one sort of, you know, crazy enough to to make it to, to make it my career. Um, although I love it, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, basically, I'm I'm the youngest of four. Um, there's a 19 year gap between me and the next one, um, and my sister uh, who was living at home when I was born. She's a, a phenomenal pianist, um, and she was sort of studying uh, in in the academies in London when I was born and. At home, and as soon as I could walk, I would go up to the piano and pick out the notes of the of the pieces that she was playing. Um, and my parents didn't want another pianist in the house, so they started me on the violin. So they started you, and, and how, I've often wondered how does a
0: child that young, how do they motivate a, a child at that, that age? How does that happen?
1: Well, I started with the Suzuki method, which is a fantastic uh, way of starting an instrument. Um, and it's sort of based on the fact, I believe, that, that the mother teaches the child how to speak um, and therefore can help, help the child to learn an instrument. So my mother started with me. Um, and after four weeks, she was told that she could give up because I was better than her. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's just a fantastic system. And I, I absolutely adored it. And um, I just sort of never really looked back.
0: And we're glad, and you're still looking ahead. Well, by the time you were four, you had performed solo at the Purcell Room, which, uh, for those who may not know, is is part of uh, one of central London's leading cultural complexes, uh, more intimate venue, but certainly a prestigious one. Do you remember anything about that concert, what you played, what happened?
1: Um, I don't remember a huge amount about it. I do do remember seeing a video of it uh, quite a long time ago, um, and I think I sort of ran out onto the stage and then ran off as soon as I was finished <laughs> um, but I mean the Purcell Room is a, is a wonderful place to play and I've I've had the opportunity to perform in the other two halls uh, the, the Queen Elizabeth Hall and the Royal Festival Hall um, and both of which uh, are, are phenomenal halls as well so um, it's just a fantastic center of music
0: and it wasn't too long after that, what about a year that you uh, performed for uh, the great conductor Yehudi Menuhin? Uh, how did that come about?
1: Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I believe, obviously, he uh, the, the Yehudi Menuhin School is is in Surrey, um, and um,
0: and Surrey is where you're from. Yes, correct? I
1: was born. I was born in Guildford, um, okay. and I sort of I, I stayed in Surrey until the age of seven, and then I moved to Germany to study um, with Akka Bron, um, but but with uh, Yehudi Menuhin, I was. Uh, just given the opportunity to to play for him at one of the open days of the school i believe it was um and it was just a, a fantastic experience and i was fortunate enough also to have the opportunity to play for him in in the following years as well um and i, I learned a lot from that
0: what, was that a life-changing experience for you at that point is that where it all began in terms of going professional?
1: Well, I certainly think that it was uh, it was a fantastic opportunity. And um, I, I was very fortunate that I, I was... I mean, he, he wanted me to go to the school, um, but I was only five at the time, and they didn't start accepting uh, pupils until the age of seven. So I was given the opportunity to study privately with Natasha Boyarskaya, who was the, uh, the, the the main violin teacher at the school. And that certainly sort of helped me in terms of, you know, she, she very definitely grounded me technically. So um, I was very, very lucky to have that.
0: And from there, then you you went to Germany to study? Yes, when
1: I was seven, I, I moved to Germany with my mother um, to study with Zacharbron, the, the teacher of uh, Maxine Bengroff and Vadim Repin. Um, and that was just a, an amazing experience. I, I studied with him for 10 years, first in Newbeck and then in Cologne, and sort of wherever else in the world he went, he was very nomadic, um, and, and sort of taught in, in, in Spain every, every month. And and is now also based in, in Zurich, and, and in the summer we'd just sort of travel um, around. There would be a group of bronze students, basically just following him around the world. <laughs> and you were one of them. Absolutely wonderful. Well, now
0: it was somewhere after that that you got involved, and you've done so many things, but you got involved with a couple of uh, television documentaries and and a movie. Tell us about that.
1: Well, the um, the the film that I did was the was Onegin, uh, which featured uh, Ray Fiennes and Liv Tyler, um, and it was just a. a- fantastic experience I enjoyed every minute of it I think I was 10 um, w- when I did it I remember being quite disappointed because I, I was looking forward to having sort of you know makeup and, and hair done and they sort of took one look at me and said oh no you don't need any any makeup you have the perfect complexion." and I was quite disappointed at age 10 but um, it was just a, a wonderful experience and, and what
0: did you do in the film?
1: Um, I performed the uh, the cadenza of uh, the devil's trill sonats by Tartini um, which is one of the hardest pieces in the repertoire and they, they actually only gave me about 10 days to learn it so that was that was quite a quick turnaround, but um, it was it was just a huge amount of fun.
0: Okay, so um, a, a motion picture, um, a, perhaps a brief part, but but <laughs> certainly a significant for a ten year old. And then there were several television documentaries. Correct? Was that before or after the film?
1: Um, that I have done a, a few documentaries. Um, they tended to be sort of sort of either side of, of, of the film. Um, one was on on the BBC, and um, I was just sort of fortunate enough to have that that possibility at that time as well
0: you were very very busy you were um, what playing in major concert halls by this time throughout Europe and Mm -hmm. and North America, and I know that even then you were working with some of the top orchestras and the top conductors. What a whirlwind experience. But by the time you were 13, you were the youngest recording artist to ever be signed to Warner Classics Recording Company in London, Mm -hmm. and you released your first CD, right? (laughs) What was that CD?
1: That's right. Um, The the first CD was sort of really just uh, a competition. Compilation of smaller pieces such as the theme from Schindler's list um Waxman Carmen Fancy Tchaikovsky Valsechat so um and and just really uh, it was it was a incredible experience for me because it was really my dream to to perform with the London Symphony Orchestra and to be recording with them Um, and and I had that opportunity on that CD which was just you know it was it was magical actually Um, and and then the second CD was the Brook Violin Concerti um, number one and number three number one of course being very well known number three not being well known at all Um, and that's something that I I very much enjoy doing is doing doing the well-known pieces but also doing the less well-known pieces because there's so much fantastic music out there that just doesn't get heard.
0: And so there you are uh, at at 13, and I have your first CD here. It's just called Simply Chloe. It's got this darling picture of you (laughs) on the front. You're in blue jeans and tennis shoes and pigtails holding your violin, and we're going to listen to a cut from that CD right now. Listen to you playing an audience favorite. This is the third movement from Paganini's Violin Concerto Number 2 and B, and it's the famous movement called La Campanella, which means... little bell we're going to hear British violinist Chloe Hanslip she's in our Sarasota studio right now and she's playing Niccolo Paganini's La Campanella on classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9 you. You're listening to classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9, and you just heard international artist Chloe Hanslip playing Paganini's La Campanella. It was uh, from a CD called Chloe back in 2001 that she recorded, uh, just 13 years old, with the London Symphony Orchestra, Paul Mann conducting that performance. She's 24 now, and the critics say that she is an artist of talent and grace beyond her years. I'm. Helen Cook, and we're talking about her career and her upcoming performance with the Sarasota Orchestra coming up this weekend, uh, January 27th through the 29th. Chloe, that was your first album, mm-hmm. and um, there have been many others after that. How many do you have to your credit at this um, point?
1: At the moment, I believe it's six, um, and uh, I've just uh, finished editing the, the the next one, which is the Vietnam Violin Concerti Number One and Two. Um, and then also there's another one sort of in production at the moment, which is the Glazunov violin concerto, um, along with the Shirk violin concerto. And I've got two more CDs coming up that I'm recording over the next couple of months. So,
0: so you are very busy in the I recording am. department. And um, if um, our audience wants to find out more about Chloe's CDs, they can do that at www.chloehandslip.com. Well, we've heard the recording, so now we're going to hear Chloe... Play live for us here in our Sarasota studio. Uh, another well known work by the famous Paganini, the last and the most difficult of his 24 Caprices for solo violin. Now, some say this is one of the most difficult pieces ever written for the violin, uh, Paganini's 24th Caprice, and it's played for you now by our guest, British violinist Chloe Hanslip, on uh, your first choice for classical music, classical WSMR 89.1 and one oh three point nine. to classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. I'm Colleen Cook in our Sarasota studio visiting with 24-year-old British violinist Chloe Hanslip, who just played Paganini's famous last 24th Caprice and uh, work that inspired a number of composers to write other works. Uh, Liszt wrote something based on it. Uh, Others did. Of course, probably the most famous was uh, Rachmaninoff's rhapsody on a theme of paganini Mm -hmm. welcome back chloe thanks for that live performance it was terrific and uh, you're going to be wowing audiences at the sarasota orchestra this weekend playing mendelssohn's violin concerto i know that's uh, a concerto you've played many times before an old friend tell us about your violin
1: um, I have uh, an amazing violin. I'm very fortunate. Um, I have a Guarneri del Gesù, which was made in Cremona in 1737. Um, and I've had it now for about four years. And I absolutely adore it. I'm, I'm so incredibly lucky to have it.
0: Wow. Is there a, a process that you go through to, to get these violins? Or is that too complicated to talk about? <laughs> I'm always curious about how, how this happens.
1: Um, well, obviously, uh, having having an instrument and having a wonderful instrument is, is very, very important. Um, and... I had had many violins over, over a period of 10 years. I'd had about 12. Um, and whilst I was always very fortunate to have fantastic instruments, it was always sort of a question of, uh, because they were on loan, I was never quite sure when they would have to go back. Um, and there, there were times when I wasn't sure if I would have an instrument to do a, to do a concert on. So, um, of course, that was sort of quite unsettling. Um, but I, I now have this one, um, and I'm just incredibly fortunate to have it um, and, and to sort of be able to, to play it for the foreseeable future.
0: Wonderful. And, um, you know, I was told something interesting um, that you think in colors while you play a piece and and that the colors are different depending on on what you play. How, How does that all work?
1: Um, I think it's just really dependent on, on the sort of emotion of the piece, um, really. For example, if you're playing Sibelius' violin concerto, um, I see that very much as sort of a, a silvery grey or, or a nice blue, but the, the Tchaikovsky, for example, will be be red. Um, Prokofiev, it sort of varies, because for me Prokofiev is sort, of, uh, is sort of like telling a fairy tale, so it can be many different colours. It's sort of a, a rainbow of colours in a way. So it just really depends on the piece and 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 the emotion of the piece, so
0: are uh, you're actually seeing the color in your mind as you're playing is that, is that what's happening, or is it the is there a sound association with the color
1: it's 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 more just a sort of uh, uh, an emotional connection i I think with the color for me I don't necessarily see it in, in my head as I'm playing um but but in in terms of sort of choosing concert dresses for example i will i will think about you know what what color suits this particular piece
0: okay
1: um so it sounds good w- bit strange. what color was paganini oh paganini crumbs um <laughs> electric blue i think
0: sounds good to me <laughs> yeah well, that's that's it's fascinating. So it really it really kind of helps you get in the particular mood to play and play in a certain way.
1: Absolutely, yes. And I, I also try to always think of uh, of a, of a storyline of sorts um, when I'm when I'm playing a piece as well. Um, for example, I've just been performing the Corn Gold, and and that's very sort of cinematic. And so you can really sort of see a, a film through the music. Um, and it's just sort of the, the way I, I seem to to work out you know what I'm doing with a piece.
0: You no, know, it seems to be working just <laughs> fine so far. So you keep going with that. You know, looking back over your career so far, uh, you've had so many highlights. I mean, we could talk forever about it. Um, my understanding is that um, you're a British violinist. You have performed for some British royalty. Uh, you know, we Americans were always fascinated <laughs> by that kind of thing. What? Who have you performed for so far?
1: Um, yes, I've been. Very 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 fortunate enough, uh, and privileged enough to to have the opportunity to perform um, for for royalty. Um, I'm I'm actually uh, sort of the music patron for the Duke of Edinburgh's uh, award uh, scheme. So obviously, I've had the opportunity to perform for him um, and for various other members of the royal family. So um, it's always wonderful to have that that possibility. Yeah.
0: Have you uh, performed yet for the new royal couple?
1: Uh, No, I haven't. (laughs) Uh,
0: Something to look forward to in the future, we hope.
1: At at some stage, perhaps.
0: Oh, we hope so. Well, You're going to end your time with us here in the Sarasota studio with two very short works by a living composer. This is by a Latvian composer and pianist uh, Peteris Plekatis, correct? uh, Yes. He's a composer I'm not that familiar with, but I understand these are two delightful pieces um, that were composed for violin back in 1978, and they're called the Two Grasshopper Dances. They sound like a lot of fun to me, and they're played for you now by British violinist Chloe Hanslip, my guest, here on Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. It's sweet. That was music of uh, Latvian composer Peteris Plakidis, uh, the two grasshopper dances played for you by British violinist Chloe Hanslip. She's my guest in our Sarasota studio here on Classical WSMR 89.1, and she is the guest violinist coming up this weekend at the Sarasota Orchestra playing Mendelssohn's wonderful violin concerto. Uh, Chloe, I I know you've packed an awful lot into 24 (laughs) years, Uh, more than many violinists do in their lifetime but what's coming up for you in the future what are you especially excited about and uh, you know what's on your horizon that you really really want to do
1: well, I'm incredibly excited about all of the uh, all of the recordings that I have coming up and, and the projects that I have coming up. Um, I'm also very much looking forward to my concerts here. Of course, I'm, I'm very excited to be here and to be performing with with the orchestra here. Um, and then just sort of, I, I'm very fortunate. I have some fantastic concerts coming up. Um, I'm going to be in Houston with uh, with the Symphony Orchestra there, uh, performing the Brook Violin Concerto with Vasily Petrenko. Um, I have a lot of of recitals coming up, and um, I just hope to, to just to be able to continue doing what I'm doing and doing what I love, which I'm very fortunate to be able to do
0: and I have to ask you this with all of this on your plate. what do you do for fun? What do you do to relax?
1: um I love skiing um I love reading, um I go shopping as well, of course <laughs> um and and just sort of you know just. Enjoying, enjoying as much as I can and when I get to travel um, I'm incredibly fortunate to be able to, to do all this traveling and I, I do try and get out to see um, some of the places where I where I am so um, so yes that's well, what I like well, to do. Well we have. can't
0: help out too much with the skiing unless it's water <laughs> skiing but I guarantee you, you can shop till you drop here in Sarasota and there are so <laughs> many wonderful things to see and um, this is a wonderful performance coming up Chloe Hanslip uh, January 27th through the 29th Playing Mendelssohn's violin concerto with the Sarasota Orchestra. For more information and for tickets, you can go online to sarasotaorchestra.org. Chloe, thank you so much for spending some time here in our Sarasota studio for playing us and uh, playing for us and sharing uh, a little bit about your life. And your endeavors, and we wish you the very best in the future. And last but not least, this is your first trip to Sarasota. I hope it won't be your last.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for coming. You're listening to Classical WSMR, eighty-nine point one and 103.9.